the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. Jerusalem is the only city that they spared. It's the only city they didn't destroy. That's a historical fact. That's not just Bible. That's historical fact. And secular historians know that something happened to the army of Assyria that killed them all in one night. Now, they deny that it was an angel of the Lord. Because if it's an angel of the Lord, then that's miraculous, and that means that God's real, and that's a whole other set of things for them. It's interesting to read or hear non-believing people to try to explain events that the Bible says occurred and that there are secular records of. Sometimes the mental gymnastics they go through to avoid admitting that God did a miracle are humorous, but also sad. Pastor Dan will be talking about not just the secularist's attempts to explain away God, but about the necessity of faith. As a follower of Jesus, there is an aspect of trusting Him to do what He says He will do. That comes hard. Pastor Dan will hopefully help you to strengthen your faith today. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 36, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. So as soon as he prayed, God answered him, and God had a plan. It's, it's, it's almost as if God had this plan all along, and was just waiting for Hezekiah to come around to seeking him, to hear the plan. Then verse 8, Then the Rabshakeh returned, and he found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he heard that he had departed from Lachish. And the king heard concerning Terhaka, king of Ethiopia, that he was come out to make war with you. So when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Do not let your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. So the Ethiopians, which was a mighty empire at this time, they see this as an opportunity. They come up from Africa to attack the Assyrian army kind of on their flank. And so now the Assyrian army is engaged, engaged in, a, in a war they didn't expect with Ethiopia. And Rabshakeh sends a message back to Hezekiah saying, hey, don't think that this is your God delivering you. 
by sending the Ethiopians to get you out of this. Verse 11, look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands by utterly destroying them. And you, and shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered those whom my fathers have destroyed? Gozen and Haran and Rezeph and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, and the king of the city of Sepharvaim, Hena and Iva? These are all nations that were destroyed by Assyria. Now look what it says in verse 14. I love verse 14. Hezekiah received this letter from the hand of the messengers, and he read it, and Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and he spread it before the Lord. He's trusting the Lord now. He gets this threatening letter, and he just, he just takes it into the house of the Lord, and he just lays it before the Lord. He says, Lord, you see what this says? You see what they're saying here? That's what we should do. That's what we should do with our trials. That's what we should do when things are happening and people are coming against us. We just take it and we spread it before the Lord. You know, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your cares upon the Lord. And that's what Hezekiah does. And his care came in the form of a letter. Maybe it might come in the form of an email or a text message. And you just take that and you just lay it before the Lord. And then Hezekiah prayed in verse 15. He just lays it before the Lord And then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, saying, now look at his prayer in verse 16. O Lord of hosts, Lord of armies, that's what hosts mean. You're the Lord of armies. You've got your own army. The God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim on the mercy seat that was over the Ark of the Covenant. That's the place of God's mercy. So here he is, you're the Lord of armies, you're a God of mercy, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you alone are God. None of these other nations had real gods, only you are God. You have made heaven and earth, incline your ear, O Lord, and hear, open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear all the words of Sennacherib which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands. What they're saying is true. Assyria has conquered all these nations. And they have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. They were idols. They weren't really gods. Therefore, they destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord and you alone. He's saying, do this for your glory. Not just save me because I don't want to die, but you do this for your glory so that all the nations of the earth will know that you alone are God. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, verse 21, saying, thus says the Lord God of Israel, because you have prayed to me, Because you've prayed against Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, 
has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. Jerusalem doesn't have anything to worry about. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high? Against the Holy One of Israel. In other words, he's saying to Assyria, you don't know who you're talking to. (laughs) You don't know who you're talking to. I'm the God of Israel. By your servants you have reproached the Lord and said, By the multitude of my chariots I have come up to the height of the mountains, to the limits of Lebanon. I will cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypress trees. I will enter its farthest height to its fruitful forest. I have dug and drunk water, and with the soles of my feet I have dried up all the brooks of defense. And these are all different ways they conquered nations. Then the Lord says, Did you not hear long ago how I made it from ancient times that I formed it? Now I have brought it to pass that you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. Therefore their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass on the housetops and grain blighted before it is grown. But I know your dwelling place. You're going out and you're coming in and your rage against me. In verses 26 and 27, the Lord says, I'm the one who enabled you to conquer those nations. You didn't do it yourself. I was using you to accomplish my purposes against these nations. And then in verse 28, the Lord says to Assyria, I know where you live. And I know you're going out and you're coming in. I know your schedule. (laughs) I know where you live, and I know your rage against me. Because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears. Therefore, look what he says here. I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way which you came. Now, the Assyrians, when they would conquer a nation, and they would carry away prisoners to other parts of the Assyrian Empire... The way they transported those prisoners is they would take a big hook with a chain attached to it and they would stick it through their nose. And then they would take that chain that had another hook on the other end of it and they would stick it to the other prisoner's nose. And so they would chain all the prisoners together with a hook in their nose and they'd put a bridle in their mouth so they could control the direction, just like a bridle in a horse, so they could control the direction they wanted them to go. And this is how they transported prisoners through the Assyrian Empire. And here the Lord says, I'm going to put a hook in your nose. And I'm going to put a bridle in your mouth. And I'm going to punish you the way that you punished other nations. Verse 30. This shall be a sign to you. Now he's speaking back to the children of Judah. Remember, their land is devastated and destroyed. Only Jerusalem is left. And he says to them, you shall eat this year such as grows of itself and the second year what springs from the same also in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. Right now the land is destroyed and desolate because of the Assyrians. And here's what the Lord says. He says, this year you're just going to eat what happens to grow up from the ground. Next year, you're just going to eat what happens to grow up from the ground. But the third year, three years from now, 
You're going to sow the land with seeds. You're going to reap what you sow. The land will be fruitful again. What's the Lord doing here? The Lord is telling them, this is only temporary. What you're going through right now is only temporary. It's not going to last forever. He's giving them perspective. He's giving them a future and a hope. He's giving them perspective on their trial that they're facing. Yes, Assyria has destroyed the nation. Yes, their army is sitting outside the city wall. But it's temporary. It's temporary. Three years from now, you're going to have farms again and fields and crops and and everything is going to be back to normal. It's not going to last forever. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And I think it's really important for us when we go through trials or we face difficult times or difficult seasons, it's important to be reminded by the Lord that it's temporary, that all those trials are temporary. They don't last forever. That it's, and to have that kind of perspective that a month from now or six months from now or a year from now or two years from now, all of this will be behind you. Life will be normal again and fruitful again. It's just a temporary season that you're going through right now. And that's a good reminder to have. Verse 31, And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. I like that. Take root downward and bear fruit upward. We're rooted in Jesus Christ and we bear fruit for Him. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant. And those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, will do this. Now look at verse 33. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. That's a pretty big promise that the Lord's making there. Remember, the Assyrian army is right outside the wall. And he's saying, not only are they not going to come in, they're not going to conquer the city. He says, they're not even going to fire a shot at the city. You know, they're, they're out there right now, and he's, they're, they're not even going to fire a shot. Verse 34, By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into this city. He repeats it a second time because he knows they're not going to believe him. So he says it a second time. Now look at verse 35. The Lord speaking, For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Now how's he going to do that? Verse 36. Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000 soldiers 
And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. So this is how the Lord does it. He sends an angel out into the camp of the Assyrians in the night, and he kills almost the entire army of the Assyrians, 185,000 soldiers in one night, so that when the citizens, the people of Jerusalem, wake up the next day, they go up on the city wall, they look over the city wall, and there's just corpses laying all around the city and the camp of the Assyrians. Now, we've talked about this before. Secular historians do not debate this. They do not deny that something happened to the Assyrian army. Of all of the cities that the Assyrians came against, Jerusalem is the only city that they spared. It's the only city they didn't destroy. That's a historical fact. That's not just Bible. That's historical fact. And secular historians know that something happened to the army of Assyria that killed them all in one night. Now, they deny that it was an angel of the Lord. Because if it's an angel of the Lord, then that's miraculous, and that means that God's real, and that's a whole other set of things for them. So they try to explain it away other ways. I showed a headline, if you guys remember, from an Israeli newspaper, not a Christian newspaper or a Bible publication, but from a national newspaper that talked about a recent scholarly, whatever you want to call it, article that said that the cause of the death of the Assyrian soldiers was because mice infested their camp and bit the soldiers, and the mice had some kind of bacteria in their mouths and caused some kind of bacterial infection in all of these soldiers, and they all died on the same night because of a bacterial infection. So again, they don't deny that it happened. They just don't want to admit that it was God that did it, so they have to explain it away some other way. And there's all kinds of secular historians that have all these different theories out there. It was a plague of some kind or a virus of some kind, or they all died of food poisoning. I've seen that before. They all ate the same thing. They all got food poisoning. They all died the same night in their sleep from food poisoning. They have all of these different reasons to try to explain what God did because they don't want to acknowledge that it's God. But it tells us here very plainly that it was an angel of the Lord that the Lord sent this angel out into the camp of the Assyrians and killed 185,000 troops in one night. And Jerusalem was spared, just like God said it would be in verse 33, that they would not come into the city. They're not going to fire a single shot, a single arrow at the city. They're not going to build a siege mound or a siege ramp to try to come up over the wall of the city, nothing like that. The Lord will take care of it. The Lord will defend the city and save it, just as he did by sending an angel into the camp to kill the Assyrian army. Now, turn with me over to uh, Psalm 48 quickly. We're almost done. Psalm 48, verse 11. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of your judgments. Now look at verse 12. Walk around Zion and go all around her. Count her towers, which were watchtowers that were built into the wall. Mark well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that you may tell it to the generation following 
For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. Here the psalmist says, walk around the city of Zion and examine the walls of the city. And notice that none of the walls are damaged. None of the stones of the walls are damaged. They're pristine. They're in pristine condition. There's no arrow marks in the stones of the walls because the walls of Jerusalem didn't save the city of Jerusalem. Not a single shot was fired. There's not a single mark in the walls of the city. It was the Lord God who delivered the city of Jerusalem without a single shot being fired. And in the Psalm, Psalm 48, the psalmist is saying, you can walk around the wall and you can see that, man, there's not one, one stone out of place, not one mark on one brick anywhere in the wall. Just as the Lord said. Now, go back to Isaiah 37 and we'll finish up. Verse 37, so Sennacherib, after this tremendous defeat, which, by the way, uh, Sennacherib talks about all of his victories over Judah, but he doesn't say anything about Jerusalem. He boasts in his great victory at Lachish. He even talks about trapping King Hezekiah in the city of Jerusalem like a bird in a cage. But that's all he has to say about it. He doesn't talk about conquering the city like he does with all these other cities that he boasts about conquering them. He doesn't have anything to say about Jerusalem. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, verse 37, after this, he departed and he went away and he returned home and remained in Nineveh, which was his capital. Now it came to pass, as he was worshiping in the house of Nishrach, his god, that his own sons, Adramelech and Sharazir, struck him down with the sword, probably because he gave him those names, I would imagine. And they escaped into the land of Ararat. And then Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. The God of, Ju- of Judah delivered Jerusalem, but Sennacherib's God could not protect him in the temple of his God while he's worshiping his God, couldn't protect him from his own sons who came in and killed him. And that's the end of Sennacherib. And that's really the end of Assyria's power. They decline after this. And we'll see in chapters 38 and 39, the rise of Babylon. He asked me how I know and I say We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. 
Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.